Oh boy. Welcome Is that to the how podcast. You're... Welcome <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> oh boy. That's how we're uh, that's how we're starting it out. Welcome oh to the podcast. Boy. <laughs> I like to change things up a little bit. <laughs> I am your host, Bradley Hamilton. Bradley Camel Tweed. From Alaska. We got Tommy Johnson. He's from Iowa. I am, and I'm playing Exioc. And uh, we are in a pinch. And my dice Just a pinch. And my dice don't like me. <laughs> That's true. We'll see if they have come around. Uh, taking a long rest right now, we got Jeffrey Leadham. Hey, it's your boy playing Marcus K- Marcus Smith. Oh, yeah. Marcus who? <laughs> Almost done it the second time in a row. We're going to play Marcus Smith. <laughs> the very much alive artificer. Yes. And we got Hirak, the bird bard, played by... Matthew Wolf. That's me. Beautiful. And joining us again for the fifth time in a row you love him so is much? still... Casey the McCoy from Elgin. I won't leave, but if you keep doxing me, I will I will think about it. <laughs> <laughs> the vaguely northwest Chicago suburbs, yeah. Uh, America. Play, yeah, North America. From America. The globe. Casey. Um, I play Mason, the barbarian. Mm-hmm. So I kind of shut off last episode like way sooner than i thought i did it was only like an hour ish long and i'm like oh wow that was really quick and so probably could have gotten more out of that episode but that just means we get to play this one twice as long (laughs) great Mm. yeah it's gonna be great actually Actually, though this episode is planning on being a very long one we'll probably end up splitting it into multiple parts later on down the road so uh, you guys just get more and more of the authentic true gamer moment experiences. Mm. Mm. Mm, true gamer. Speaking of true gamer moments, uh, Jeffrey just got his marriage license today. Hey, Jeffrey. it's your boy. Yeah. again. What? I know. I, uh, yeah. Had He's to, also had to... six foot, lives on... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Six on, foot uh, one. Thank Avenue. you very much. His apartment number is three N on the third floor. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, no, no. But he like big walks on the beach. I do Ooh. like log walks on the beach. Um, I actually have a hat that says "I hate the beach." So, um, well, make up your mind. Oh uh, yeah, I know. I'm sorry, uh, but yeah, no. That's it's really exciting. You know, real real life stuff's cool too, uh, as well as D and D life stuff. True. Like mm. getting level six. Mm. That's true. Uh, everyone except for Exioc is going to get to level six right mm-hmm. away because Exioc is in the middle of a life and death situation. Because who but needs as soon those as extra he... six, six hit points? No, not you, especially not in this circumstance. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, I think we should just jump right on into it. Okay. Previously on Fire and Dice, the problem solvers staged an impromptu coup and overthrew an ages old monarchy. Just your average D&D stuff. In dealing with the fallout, they led everyone outside of the anti-magic bubble to show them the outside world. On the way back, Exioc caught a pair of green eyes looking at them before disappearing into the rocky ground. The group immediately went to check in on ex-High Lord Veritas and found him as bitter as ever. But he did make some appealing arguments against their actions. The tension, however, was dispersed by the three advisors to Lord Veritas, who spoke up for themselves and brought forth their ideas for governing that they had been suppressing for a very long time. The problem solvers were taken to receive some gifts from the people of the Avariel in response for helping them see through the shroud that had been placed upon them. 
Minerva began a strategic planning session with the group uh, to lay out the next steps, and Exioc mentioned the Green Eyes. Minerva informed them that this was likely a spy of Miro and Klee the Dao, and that their timetable had been moved up significantly. Mason wanted to go home and rally support from his village, but Minerva warned him against the perilous trip. Eventually, it was decided that she and Exioc would go and scout out the domain of the Dao mm -hmm. before further actions were taken. They snuck into the base of the massive mountain and lay in wait, scoping out the defenses. As they waited, the Dao Miro and two of her elemental servants walked up to the front of the entrance above ground. Behind her, she pulled along the familiar faces of Marcel, the Earth Genasi, and Nicky Mub, the Druid Gnome. Exiot could not contain himself at the sight and let out a small gasp. Miro turned her head in the direction of Exioc and Minerva, as they now sit behind the rock huddled and decide what to do with these next few crucial seconds. Exioc, you see that Miro is dressed in an elegant red and gold robe and wields a beautiful yet sickening mace that is studded with uh, ice-cold diamonds around it. The green-eyed earth elementals each bear a large ruby that is centered into their chests. And as you are hiding behind this rock, Exioc, you hear a gravelly voice from the Tao. <clears throat> Wait here. We may have a few friends to be joining you along your lifelong service to the great Miro. Yoo-hoo, behind the rock. Please come out so that we may talk about your future employment opportunities. <laughs> uh, I am not going to move. You don't feel the ground moving at all, but you hear the voice getting closer to you. She says, if you don't come out right now, I'm going to have to sick my dogs on you, and you're not going to like that one bit, are you? Uh, I am not going to like that one bit. I think I am going to... Let me see here. Do, 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 do. I think I'm going to cast Silent Image of the rock to extend its surface as if I'm... Uh, as So that it would make the rock appear twice as large, and I would be you know exist inside the part of the rock that isn't actually there <clears throat> all right see. uh actually there's a verbal component maybe not i was gonna say actually yeah. <laughs> uh okay so actually i wouldn't do that because i'm not gonna uh say anything i look to uh uh mason uh, no 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 minerva yeah. Yeah. and uh my eyes go wide in uh, questioning, um, uh, uh, and I'm going to uh, send a message to her in her head, say, you know, maybe we should uh, take another flight. <laughs> she looks at you. Her eyes are wide with fear. Even though the voice of Miro is playful and comforting, she seems to be stricken with anxiety just about the circumstance and kind of looks over at you, gives a little bit of a nod. I'm going to need you to roll initiative just for the matter of tracking out what happens next, all right? Oh, no. Okay. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 18. All right. You see the shadow of the 
Dao approaching from the other side of the rock as you guys try and inch your way around the other side. Minerva looks like she is frozen in terror in the moment. And as you flap your wings a little bit, she shakes her head, snaps out of it, and you see her form instantly, once again, transforms into the visage of a giant eagle. And she starts flapping her wings uh, furiously and violently, trying to get off the ground. As you clamber onto her, and I clutch tightly, you look behind as you guys lift up off the ground, and you see Miro is looking up at you, Nikki Mub as well as Marcel behind, and they're all staring up at you as she twirls her mace on her hip and says, You'll be back, and turns around, puts her mace over her shoulder like it's nothing, and starts leading everyone else inside of the mountain. So, Klee rolled a four on that initiative, or else she would have been up there in your grill. Well, I'm very glad that I have a high initiative. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. You see Minerva takes off into the sky and flies high above the canopy of the mountains. She swirls and twirls around in the sky, almost like regaining her composure and trying to make sure that she's lost any sort of following and any sort of spies that would be going on. You see she ducks into canyons and around bends to make sure that she's not being followed. Mm -hmm. You're hanging on for dear life as she's zooming around the corners, but eventually she leads you back down to the entrance into the Avariel home. And uh, she transforms back into the old frail elf and kind of grasps on your shoulder and you can feel feel her hand shaking just a little bit. And she says... Pull the Nikki mub. Well, that, what does that do for our timetable? I don't know, but I know that they do not do kind things to their prisoners. Makes sense. I think. Do you th- do you think that we should abandon our scouting mission? There's no other entrances or anything. Well. I don't know of any other entrances than that one. Um, I suppose we could take another gander around the mountain, but uh, I consider that to be the main entrance. The Dao, like I said, rarely use it. They typically glide underground with the earth elementals. They have no need to travel through open doors, but they were using that, I suppose, because their quarry could not fit through the underground passageways. I'm rambling now. I'm sorry. Right, right. Okay. I say we uh, go tell the others, like, very quickly. I agree, but we must also keep cool heads about this. A long night's sleep will do the rest of us all good. You're right. All right, come down. I, uh, she leads you, bolted in. She leads you inside, and you guys quickly take effect in the zero-gravity environment and push off. Uh, eventually, you regather with everyone who are currently asleep, uh, back in the holding cells where you guys have been staying and everyone else is conked out. Okay. I'm going to wake up Marcus just <laughs> gently. All right. Uh, so I, I uh, gently uh, move your shoulder there, Marcus. And I say, Marcus. Yes. Huh? What? What? My, our mission was 
unsuccessful. They what happened? They know we're coming, and they have Nicky Mug and Mason's younger brother. I didn't want to tell them because I didn't want to tell him or the bird because they probably freak out. I think we should sleep, and uh, then uh, let clear heads prevail in the morning. But okay. I wanted you to know before I did nothing. We're gonna need all the help we can get. Um, with that news, I'm going to get up. I'm going to... How many more hours do I need to complete a long rest at this time? They've been out for maybe three hours, okay. so you're not even halfway there. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm going to... I'm going to ask somebody to go get Runzi and have him deliver Toby to my room while I sleep. Uh, and I'm also going to grab... Uh, Hirax rapier while he sleeps and I'm going to complete my long rest and then do something after that. <clears throat> Alright, you got my it. rapier? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's a sleight of hand check. <laughs> <laughs> I would like him to perform a sleight of hand check, thank you very much. <laughs> okay, I mean, I'll do it. He's asleep, do I get advantage on this? <laughs> Quintuple advantage, probably. <laughs> well, I don't need it. I rolled a 19 and it's plus 2. So, 21. All right, that beats his passive perception anyways. Oh, yeah, your passive perception is massive. That was actually close. I yeah. was so confident, but I was like, wait a minute. That's true. Should not have been that confident. Oh, well, it's fine. It, the dice like me, unlike Hirek. Not Hirek, Exiok. Yeah. yeah. On top of that, uh, Runzi is the one keeping guard. Even though there's no reason to keep guard of you, he doesn't know what else to do with his time. So <laughs> He's just been kind of doing the same thing. So he uh, goes and fetches uh toby for you and before you go back to sleep you are brought your old cat who is still lifeless and uh in a kind of t-pose not really moving you can move, move his arms around but he is just a lifeless automaton at this point got it hmm. rip toby uh i i go to my cell that i was in before open it up and uh lay down in the bed <laughs> and fall asleep Probably after a while, because I'm uh, very terrified of what tomorrow holds. All right. The night brings all of you trouble. The sleep is not great, knowing what you guys have to face. And I need all of you to roll a d20. Uh-oh. Can I use that 19 I just rolled? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, that's not good. Hey! Uh, I got a 18. I got a 20! I got a five. Eight. All right. That means Exeoc's getting the dream sequence tonight. (gasps) (laughs) Dream sequence. Yeah. I've never had one before. I'm so excited. It's been a little while. Hey, I'm just going to let you know the last time I had a dream sequence, (gasps) I died. No. (laughs) No, that's true. Oh, gosh. Um, Yeah. And also derailed one of my subplots. So way to go on that one, too. Which one? (laughs) We'll talk about it in the afterburner. Exioc, as you finally close your eyes, the sight of Miro standing looking up at you with a coy grin is burned into your minds as you are trying to turn and get some sleep here. 
as you are drifting off, you feel your body floating as it always has. Even here in this zero gravity environment, when you're sleeping, it kind of drifts off into dreamlessness, but especially now you feel like you're floating. The world around you is a mix of green and purple colors that are swirling together as you are looking for some sort of stability in here. You look around and all you see is this weird cloud of ethereal mist. You look to your left and you see your daggers are all floating just out of arm's reach away from you, slowly getting further away. You reach out and try to grab at them, but they just keep drifting further and further away. And as you swim through the air feebly towards them, you see that they get brought into the hand of Miro, who grafts it in her hands and pushes back a little tuft of white hair, tucks in her robe, and takes your knives and puts them all in her belt, smiles at you, and takes out a little vial of a purplish liquid, drinks it. You see that her body swells to ten times the size that it was before, completely dwarfing you ah. as you hear the evil cackle. just an evil witch cackle that reverberates all around you in this mist you feel lost and hopeless as the sound of her voice just echoes in your brain over and over again you toss and turn in your sleep trying to get out but all you can hear is the sound of her voice and this continues on for what seems like an eternity (laughs) until finally you wake yourself up and at this time, everyone else has already finished their long rest. Uh, I wake up in a pool of sweat and sit up very quickly, breathing. <sighs> yeah, you look around and you see that instead of being in your bed, you're actually on the ceiling right now. Oh, dang. I kind of scr- scramble around and forget where I am. <sighs> yeah. And I kind of go shooting off into the middle of the room. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I guess my stuff is now kind of everywhere. Yeah. You see Minerva goes and says, Whoa, whoa. Uh calm yourself, Lloyd. What's what's going on here? I I I couldn't sleep very well. I I saw her 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 laugh just filled my ears. I couldn't oh, there was I couldn't get my knives. I couldn't get to my knives and Oh, where are my knives? <laughs> They're floating around the room in in my sleep I kinda tossed them about. Okay. So I start uh, collecting them. I'm like, she, she, you know, I've never had a dream like this before. She, it seemed so real and so vivid and it seemed like it could have been a vision. I don't know if those things are even real. You know, I went to the academy. I, I, I always thought that was, but I've never felt something like this. She drank some sort of potion and it made her really strong. Maybe that's information we could use. It's possible. I did mention that they have their life forces connected in some way to the energy that they've been deriving from the rift. So it's possible that they've been able to dilute it in this time, turn it into more of a feasible potion. All I know is I'm pretty shook, and uh, today's going to be a rough day. And I look uh, uh, at uh, Hirak and Marcus as I say that. I am not there. Oh, well, I look towards Hirak as I say that. Uh, I'm, uh, <clears throat> when I saw he was panicking, I kind of flew over and 
started to strum my lyre to help calm him a little bit uh, and help maybe maybe push some knives towards him and <laughs> help, help me pick up my mess just kind of help him with his mess <laughs> mm-hmm. mental and physical <laughs> thank you friendo yeah oh bird boy i did get good news yesterday yeah what what happened that's well uh, uh mason i guess you should hear this too I groggily uh, come to. How did the trip go? I, d- did you find an entrance? It was well, well. <clears throat> we have some bad news uh, and some good news. Um, I guess I'll I'll start with the good news because um, then it's going to get pretty bad, and I think it'll it'll help us prepare. <laughs> uh, the good news is Nikki Mub's alive. Hey, that that's good news, and I, I kind of look around and. Kind of look under the beds and look <laughs> up and be like, uh, where is he, though? And I was like, the bad news is, and I look at Mason, uh, and there's a little bit of sadness in my eyes. I also now know that your brother is alive. <gasps> They've got, and I was, and then uh, I'll say Miro and Klee, they got them both. <laughs> And we weren't able to actually do any good investigating because, uh, uh, because they spotted us before we were able to get entrance to their lair. Mason so. starts getting all huffy and puffy and grunts and grits his teeth and says, they will pay for this in blood. I like it. I like it. Let's keep that going. We're going to need that as we go because our intel is not going to help us. But our heart... And our blades, they'll help us. Um, I just want everybody to know that uh, the bars that were on Marcus's cell are no longer there. <laughs> uh. Yes! Improvement to Toby. <laughs> Where are they? Please tell. So, I uh, I have, you know, I got my, I got my long wrist in. I woke up early. Uh, and I... Broke the bars off of my cell, took uh, the rapier uh, with me and Toby's body. I went outside the magical field just slightly enough. Toby is now much larger in size, uh, just like from Cat. Like, he's still technically a medium creature, but he is now kind of in more of a uh, dog-like form, but his tail has a spike at the end of it. Ooh. Oh, cool. As well as spikes leading down his back. Cool. Um, are those spikes made up of uh, prison bars? Yes. Nice! <laughs> yeah. I also come back and I toss Hirak back his uh, sword and I go, you're going to need to hold on to that for uh, for about a ten minute period and, well, you're going to have to say this magic phrase. I am not a dodo bird. I am not a dodo bird. I am not a- you just have to repeat it for ten minutes and hold that. It'll be good. Uh, <laughs> And also, my my shield looks slightly different now. Also, uh, so so pretty. I uh, I learned so at level six of the artificer class, you get to learn two new infusions, and at specifically level six, uh, there are two things like the prerequisite is uh, level six artificer, um, and so. Hirax shield after, or Hirax uh, rapier after he um, attunes to it, 
Uh, this is a magic weapon and grants a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls. Uh, while holding it, the wielder can take a bonus action and cause it to shed bright light for 30 feet and dim light 30 feet beyond that. You can also extinguish oh. it as a bonus action. And the weapon has four charges. As a reaction, immediately after being hit by an attacker, the wielder can expend one charge and cause the attacker to be blinded until the end of the attacker's next turn. Uh, unless the attacker succeeds on a constitution saving throw against the spell save DC of the player. You regain 1d4 of expended charges daily. Uh, do you translate this in-game for here? <laughs> yes. I go, okay. uh, if you get hit, uh, just don't look at it directly and, and you know, hold it up in the... Hold, hold it up. This is awesome. Thank you. I call, I call it a flash. Uh, and my shield looks like it has a little bit of some spring power to it now. It is a plus one bonus to armor class. And uh, it also has four charges. While holding it, the wielder can use its reaction to immediately after being hit, expend one charge to push the attacker up to 15 feet away. Whoa. Whoa, that's awesome. That is so good. This is why I put you all in an anti-magic field for a month. Uh, Yep. I like like powerful Jeffrey. Is four charges just like, that's it? Or do you get it back on long rest? Uh, So... Every day, uh, at the end of every day, you roll a d4 and you get that many charges back. Right. Got it. Okay. Cool. That's awesome. Epic. I already this got my. So cool. I already got my cool Marcus gadget. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna look and be like, "You told him the bad news yet?" I nod solemnly. Okay. Well, this should help. I pass out the the goods. Uh, so I did tell him, I think we need to, we might need to gather some forces and the only, because of our limited intel, thanks to being spotted, uh, and not being able to fully investigate the lair, uh, I think a full frontal assault is all that we're going to be able to pull off. I mean, we'll be able to, will we be able to pull it off though? I mean... I think that's what we talked about last night was we had to sneak in because we couldn't fight them, right? Yes. <laughs> we, I mean, we could still sneak in. We might be able to get, catch them by surprise if our timing is just right. But, I mean, they're huge. They're, they don't, their legs are boulders. I, they're very intimidating, okay? I'm, I'm shook. <laughs> And now they're aware that we're coming? Yes. They at least suspect that we will be coming again. Now, they know that you're coming. <laughs> True. My, my actual, I actually get a smile and be like, you know, I've never used myself as bait, but I could see that being pretty entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Hmm. Maybe we could get some... Uh, I look at Mason, some cloak that we use like we used against the monsters up on the path of shale or maybe we could uh use some invisible potion i look at hirak yeah i'm looking through (laughs) my stuff right now and maybe Uh, maybe then i could try again and you guys follow behind all stealthily and i would drive ahead and we could maybe pull off a little sneak hmm hmm um, how long of a journey to the mountain is it by foot? 
<clears throat> by foot, it's about an hour. By flight, it's about five minutes. Did you say it's like five miles away? Yep, but it's not like directly five miles. Like you have to go around mountains and. Now, the average walking speed is three miles an hour. So. <laughs> I was gonna say it's gonna take so us a little be... longer, right? Uh, well, we're we're guys, in a we're in a hasty pace. I figured you'd be making a little bit of haste. Yeah, if you're be... going slow, then it's definitely longer. Yeah, we'd be making haste. I mean, is there any el- is there any actual helpful help that we could get from these from these Avariel? I don't really think so. I think this is the forces that we got. I think so too. I think they're not strong enough to be even be outside the air, you know, outside this dome, let alone be fighting giant magic genies so i think they gave us all that they could and i point to you know the the harp and yeah your cloak my cloak billows uh, a little bit <laughs> not not in here <laughs> ah dang it granted they haven't given us everything that could help I, what do you mean i immediately pipe, like turn my head and juke it's like what what huh what, what? i i cut what? off minerva <clears throat> There, magical stone. The hearth. Oh, that magic. What do we think? Um, we can't take that. I say it's worth the conversation with Sokra to see what he thinks. I will not be doing the talking here. That is for certain. Oh, I can. I'll. I can talk to him. You know. Um, you'll be great here, Ak. I hope so. Um, you know, okay, I go find Sakura, but I can take anyone else who wants to come too. Yeah, as we go along, I'm I mean, gonna, I'll come with. But... Yeah, I'm gonna talk to you, Hirak. I'm gonna be like, you know, it could be a sacrifice that these people are willing to make, considering that if they don't make the sacrifice, then they'll just eventually be caught anyway. Well, I mean, when we talked about it earlier, we were thinking that it's either they have to walk for a day. You know, but it's sounding like that thing keeps the city alive. I think that if we take it, I don't think the gravity, you know, the gravitylessness of this place is going to hold up. I think the whole place is going to turn to turn to crumble. Oh, oh, just- for sure. Maybe there's a way that we could uh, uh, keep everything from falling so quickly or, or maybe maybe uh, you could use a feather fall. You know, that came in handy for us. Maybe you could well, uh, cast it big. I mean, three chumps weigh a little less than a city, but maybe we can we talk to Sakura and Eris and Ophine and see what they think. Matt, I love you for taking notes. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> Props. Give that man a point of inspiration. Actually, though. I mean, not actually. But... <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's uh, the conversation just kind of... Yeah, I think I think by then we find them. Okay, so who's all going to be here present for this conversation? Uh, Exiak is there. I got no reason not to be there. Yeah, I'm still here. I'm just not going to. <laughs> all right, so they are all up in the throne room tier. They are still all three in their chairs that are in front of the throne. None of them have assumed the big one. And you just see them squabbling amongst each other. But as soon as you guys come up, they uh, pipe down and uh, you see Sakura steps up, flies over to you and says, 
What can we help you with? Sakura, hi. Um, we wanted to talk. So we're, we're about to go out. A little scouting mission last night didn't go exactly as planned. Uh, looks like... Uh, Shoot, what are the names? I just we just talked about how good I was at taking notes. Uh, Eugene. Is this name Eugene? Something in Klee. No, it's something in Klee. Oh, Miro. Miro and Klee. Miro and Klee. I thought you were... Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, but uh, it's a little uh, play on words for Meyer and Clay. Boo. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> you do the avatar <laughs> in the background. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, that, that's afterburner content. <laughs> Look, Sakura, um, we have reason to believe that Miro and Klee know we're coming. And I think they really know we're coming. I think they got eyes on some of um, you know, of us who went. We came to talk about the Hearthstone. Um, I mean, I of all people would know how much it sucks to not, you know, have wings and not do what you're purpose is to be but we wanted to ask how the magic works if it is even you know a possibility for us to use it temporarily mm -hmm. you see that they don't say anything to each other they just kind of share looks and not all together and Socrates walks up to you Hirak takes your hand in his and says Many of our people have reservations about you all. That graphic display cutting off our lord's <laughs> wings has turned many people against you. I smirk. They see the moments and I see the opportunity that you have given us. It is not a simple thing to rebuild this place and some have demanded that you leave immediately and never return. And... I know that I can convince them that your actions were taken for our best interest, even if it does not seem so at the time. But it will take time. For now, I don't know what I can do to convince our people that giving you our beloved relic is the wise thing to do. I understand. Will... How will the city persist if we take it? That's my one reservation is, or my main one, I guess, was, you know, if you guys have to walk for a day, that's, ex you know, extremely uncomfortable and very tiring. But if the city collapses without, you know, its lack of gravity, that's another situation. I mean, we've been making everyone homeless and defenseless against these magic imbued, you know, demigods. This is true, and perhaps we could manage for a day, but on the off chance that your mission fails, you would be handing our most powerful artifact, one of the most powerful in the multiverse, as far as I'm aware, to the hands of a couple of power-hungry genies, and that is a risk that I don't think we can take. Got it. Okay. We're gonna um if you don't mind we're gonna talk about it a little more and then we'll uh we'll come back in a second, okay? I understand. Matt, give me a persuasion check. Alright, here we go. 
That is a 13 plus 9, 19. Mm. Try again. 13 plus 9? 13 plus 6, sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My performance and persuasion right next to each other. And I read, yeah, gotcha. Whatever. Okay. <clears throat> uh, all right, you turn around and you see they're discussing, discussing in whispers as well. So you can see it's not a done deal, but you can talk amongst yourselves. Well, you weren't very convincing. Well, I'm not even convinced myself, honestly. I don't know if it's right. I think I it would help us, definitely. But, I mean, we'd be leaving these people, this entire race of people, just sitting in a dirt pile outside a crumbled city while, you know, who knows what comes and has the ability to attack them. I, I don't know. I think you're looking at it wrong. I think Miro and Klee know that they're here now. Their way of life, their life in general, is going to be over. And if this sacrifice that they can make to us to actually defeat them, then instead of being dead but having their precious hearthstone or whatever, means that they would not have their precious hearthstone, but they could learn to walk and learn to live and all in all for me I just want the best chance I can get to get us out of here and make this a successful mission and if I can do some good for these people too in the long run I think you know I mean there's nothing wrong with that I guess agreed man it'd be really nice if we had another day and we could send the you know the people of Obsidia to come help but Marcus Mason, Minerva, what do you guys say? Bringing the stone gives us an advantage, but it also adds complication. It weakens them, but it also weakens us, and I don't know. I can stand to fight some atrophied guards all day long, but two massive boulder people could be, uh, a little bit out of my range. Well, the reason that the elementals have not stumbled upon this place is because the anti-magic field itself drains the elementals of their, well, elemental energy, thus rendering them useless. The elementals that fall into the pit that you all fell into, from what I understand, are rendered inactive. Yeah, see, that that's quite the utility. I carry that thing in my pack, and I run in there, and, and I just, all I gotta do is dash around and and I would completely dismantle every elemental in our wake. Let well, in a manner of speaking, uh, for example, Toby is fine when he goes outside the sphere and I imagine they would be too. Mm-hmm. Not if You'd I scatter to... their parts to the wind. <laughs> what's the what's the population of the Avario? It's going to be roughly 100 people. Even though they've been around for 2,000 years, elves don't reproduce at an extremely large rate, and especially with their limited crop production, they have a pretty tight uh, hold on repopulation. Hirak is really wrestling with this one. If I may speak. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. We need to think about the full game plan here. We want to get home, and we want to stop Miru and Klee from doing whatever it is that they're doing within that mountain and 
I know that that rift there is what is the source of their power, and if we take out the rift, then we will significantly weaken them, maybe to the point of restoring some sort of balance to the elemental plane of Earth. Now, at the same time, <clears throat> I don't know another way to close the rift other than to use our magic sphere. And if anyone else has a better idea of how to dismantle the chaotic energy rift, I'm Olius, but I see that as the only way to make sure that their power does not plague the rest of this plane for years to come. Got it. I think also it should be noted, I think Marcus, you talked about this, you know, yesterday, that the Varial people are kind of in a new age now. I think it's it's kind of time to move on and time to find where they are. I think it's going to be extremely uncomfortable, you know, for a long time because of, you know, the power vacuum that we sort of filled, not really. And also, if we take this magic sphere, we kind of took their whole, you know, ability to stand up for themselves. Literally. Hey, that's a metaphor. Hey, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I wonder how they'd feel about relocating permanently. That's what, that's what I'm thinking. I look at Mason. Hmm? <sighs> Take a new guess. That has crossed my mind as well. However, life out in the waste is no small task. These people will be weak, and my tribe is vastly smaller than theirs. It will be hard. But it beats the alternative. That's, what, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, weak, weak but not dead is the, the thing. And I think, isn't something that's plaguing you guys is the all the elemental, you know, the elemental guys? Shouldn't we, if we kick these guys in the butt, maybe it's going to be like a phantom menace situation? I did, I, what am I talking? Hirak doesn't know what phantom menace is. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Hold on, uh... I don't know, he said something Think of like, an uh, in-world reference. Yeah. <laughs> references uh, some, uh, some history. Law, some story, some some war of the stars that happened in their timeline. <laughs> Unfortunately, elementals have existed since the primordial age, and I don't think that a simple destruction of a rift is going to be enough to wipe out their entire species. Well, at least they'd be less directional if, you know, we weakened Plea and, or Klee and Miro. This is true. In fact, I don't know how they're able to control the elementals. It seemed to me like you would need a powerful arcane source in order to even put one under your control. Well, maybe we just mm. might find it. Can I do an arcana check to see if I know of any kind of like magical thing like that? Sure. Smart boy. Wow! No, I'm not. No, Nat dumb one. boy, dumb boy, dumb boy. Nat one, so oh. eight. Oh my gosh. You think that it probably has something to do with reciting something over and over again. Yep, Dota Birds, Dota Birds, yep. Dota Birds. Dota Birds. Dota Bird, Dota Bird. <laughs> I'm a do Wait, I'm not a Dota Bird? Is that what you... Mm -hmm. I am not a Dota Bird for ten minutes. <laughs> That's gonna be cool. But hey, now you're attuned to the rapier, so that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have? Can he do that in the anti-magic field? I think uh, it's a physical mm -hmm, object, mm -hmm. right? We'll have you do it right outside. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
I think we should take the Hearthstone. I don't like it, but I think that's what's gotta happen. Man, this is this is gonna cause some chaos. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, so now that you're convinced, Hirak, now you can do some convincing. I kind of get this big grin and like nod at him, like you can do <laughs> this. All right, you guys step back together. Sakura, Eris, and Ophine look up at you and uh, are expectantly waiting for your next argument. Scholars, we think it is in our best intentions and in your best interest if we do take the Hearthstone with us. We understand that it's going to put you at a lot of risk and that your town, you know, your city that you've lived in for so long might, you know, might not survive. But you as a people, I think, is more important than the location, right? I think that Miro and Plea are extremely powerful and I think that, you know, hiding in this hole is not a way to out you know, it's not a way to win a battle against them. That's just temporarily hiding, right? We believe that if we take this Hearthstone with us, we're going to be able to shut down some sort of power source or um, weaken them in some way um, that will have a, you know, have your people potentially not have to worry about them very much in the super long run. Um, we also know that since you have the help of the town of Obsidia, as, you know, as you guys used to think you guys were mortal enemies, I think it's in your guys' best interest to work together. Um, and I think Mason can, you know, attest to that and speak on behalf of his people. But we're still open to conversation and we would like to hear what you think. First, give me a persuasion check. Whew. Hey, don't worry, you have inspiration. <gasps> oh! That's a nat 20. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, my God. Yeah. Plus, Coming in clutch. Plus a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> you see they look at each other and say, these are uncertain times. We do not know the best path forward, and everything that we do is just a stab in the wind. If you truly feel like this is the best course of action, then... We shall allow you to take our Hearthstone with the intentions of returning it, if you can. <clears throat> of course. Now, our people will not understand. They will probably rise up in some manner. And so, in order to prevent this, we should take some precautions before you leave. Do you have a few hours to spare before you leave? I look at uh, Minerva. I look at Minerva and Exioc. <laughs> Minerva doesn't look too keen on the idea. We'll do uh, what we can. Maybe a bridge version? What do you need? What do you need? We need to ground the islands first. That is the most important thing. Gro Say that again? What? Oh! We need to ground the islands. Well, that sounds easy enough. Oh. Hmm. All right. Send the word out. Let's get it done. All right. You see Ophine flies off like faster than you would think the old uh, Avariel would be able to. And you guys spend the next hour or so helping everyone fly around the city and push all of the islands that are flying with their big, thick, heavy chains down towards the bottom as they rest lopsided all across the giant cavern on top of the stalactites. 
and you see that the waterfalls and the pools of bubbling water that were pervading all around this cavern are now kind of haphazardly everywhere. The gardens and everything look out of place. It looks like everything is resting, getting ready for like a breath before the plunge. You see that the people are scattering to their homes and everyone's kind of spreading word to each other of what's about to happen and everyone is hunkering down for safety. Sakura takes all of you and leads you up into the chamber. You see the gla- or the golden gilded dome with uh, scrawlings now in the side of it for whatever reason. <laughs> Sakura looks at it and points to all of you and like opens his mouth to say something and then shakes his head and moves to the center of the room. He says, Our people will be at risk for as long as this is away. This will let elementals come into our domain. It will leave us vulnerable to attack as well as put our own very bodies at risk. We can only manage for so long without the use of it. So the more time that it's away, the more time that our people are at peril. And I hope you all understand that. We understand. I think also other precautions I can suggest is like, I guess I'll do this in character. Um, I think also maybe... Uh, make sure that people are locked in their house, preferably on the second or third story. I think if they're on the ground floor, you know, elementals can travel through rock and they can, you know, get in through the first floor if the if the islands are, you know, sitting on the ground and have contact. But if it's a wood house, is it wood house? Is, it, is everything made of rock? I just realized. Uh, everything is made out of rock and dirt and uh, imported grass. Or on right. the elemental plane of, of Earth. Yeah. That makes sense. Never mind. That Never mind, that sucks. <laughs> I don't know, stay safe. No, I don't know. Look at me, everyone. Time is of the essence. Now go. He reaches in, grabs the orb, lifts it off the pedestal. And you guys don't feel any difference. Do we hear a difference? You do. You hear the sound of crashing and thuds all around the cavern, almost like a cascading waterfall of stone as the entire cavern finally sinks and drops to the ground. As you guys exit the dome, you're still floating and you can see this once beautiful cavern is now in a almost apocalyptic state of disarray. Uh, Hirak, you want to like give a speech or something? Or should we just bolt? I think we should just run. I look at Hirek as he's still flying. You're still flying, Hirek. Must feel good. Yeah. Uh, I think I think we owe it to the people. So can you say again the radius that it works at? Is it 30 feet or something like Thir- that? 30 feet. Okay. And there's no magic or gravity in that 30 feet? Correct. Got it. Okay. Um, as we're on the way out, I'm assuming people are kind of like in their homes, but there's probably a lot of people like outside, kind of confused and really. No, everybody's sure and... been, everybody's tucked away in their homes at this point. Oh, then okay, never mind. Good. Yeah. No big speech. Let's go. <laughs> Sakura grabs you on the shoulder here, I can says, "Get that back to us," and then goes and sits in his chair with his brothers, and you see they all brace themselves for the anti-magic field and anti-gravity field to leave their vicinity. You guys take off in a swan dive towards the familiar hole 
as you hear groaning and creaking from all across the cavern as you guys bolt your way out through the tunnel. You make your way to the outside. Who has the hearthstone right now? Uh, I. Oh, wait. Well, who said that? I would say Hirak would okay, fine. carry it. Fine. All right. Yeah. So you guys uh, are now yeah. outside of, of the sphere and technically all still floating. Yeah, that's you my can question. Step, you can step in and out of the sphere of radius. And as soon as you're on the inside, gravity has no effect. And so you can technically jump up to 30 feet and then it catches you again. Or Sorry, it'd be, yeah, 30 feet and then brings you back down. So, so, so if if I were to be the one holding the Hearthstone and I jumped, would I just continue flying for all eternity? Uh, yes. Oh my gosh! Try okay, it. I'm glad I don't have the Hearthstone. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd so. like because Matt could fly with it, but only with it. So if it's out of my reach, then. Well, no, Minerva. Minerva can fly too because she could turn it into an True. eagle. Yeah, but and that's if you magic. were to throw the hearthstone, <laughs> you would fall. Yeah. It would also, it, oh, it would also just travel it would just, on its own. It's just like a perpetual, and unending. There's no friction on that thing. It's just gonna bounce and go, right? Yep. Well, Physics and D and D, boys. What the? Okay, this is a. Well, there would be like that. There would be air friction. There just wouldn't be gravity. So hey, get your right? physics out of here. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> so it would slow down. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> but it wouldn't return back to yeah no. it would literally just um, go to a stop and not return down to earth okay i'm That's gonna talk to, to uh as we're traveling uh i want to make a quick comment to marcus i'm gonna say uh marcus do you know um do you know how to identify is that one of your <sighs> i'm uh slightly uh you know, Offended. insulted. Yeah. <laughs> it's like your whole, that's your whole shtick is like objects go, and magic. I'm just like, give me that freaking rapier back. <laughs> can, no, I, can, uh, can I identify? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I know how to identify stuff. Okay, I figured. I just wanted to, this is a cool conversation starter, but whatever. Uh, what? Um, I, I, can you, uh, I think I should hold on to this, but can you, uh, can you identify all the little toys we got yesterday? We need a 10-minute break, and I well, need to sit slightly outside of this. <laughs> yeah, well, you can do I mean, just walk outside the do sphere, right? Yeah, while we walk. It's like uh, an, hour, it's an hour trip, right? Okay, so... Brad, Brad are you going to allow me to do that? You can take 10-minute breaks. Brad, how That's are funny. we wanting to... How are you wanting us to travel? Are we supposed to... Like, is this thing just going to carry us all the way there in the air? Or are we walking? Air. I would air. suggest walking. Okay. Yeah, that's what I figured. Okay. Let's do the opposite that's, that's of what the DM says. Op- op- that's a okay. good opportunity to do some talking. So I'm going to cast Identify wink, wink. on the the sword, the harp, the cloak. Any other magic items that we need? Uh... The heart, but I can't do that one. You, I, I you know, actually I can't cast it on the Hearthstone. It's funny. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't I, think so. I think that's all the stuff we got. Is it, though? <laughs> do you have my immovable rod? Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. I got something. I pull out my uh, the pickaxe. I want you to oh, check yeah, that out. Oh, yeah! Chunker! <laughs> <laughs> and I say, and, and then I... 
So I hand a hand Marcus Chunker and I'm like, do you have happen to have my immovable rod? As if it's mine. I think I think I do. Oh, also I, I know you him... do. I put a note in my inventory that you have it. <laughs> he was uh he was joking about taking my sword, but I give him my sword because I think if he uses identify, I don't have to attune to it. Is that right? I mean, you still have to attune to it. You still have to attune to it. Uh, oh, I thought uh, if you learn... No, identify yeah. just tells you what it does. Okay. Yeah, so you should be attuning to this while I identify all this stuff. Uh, I don't think I can inside the... Well, just push uh, the... Put yeah, the rock down on the ground. Step outside, take a 10-minute okay, break. Okay, I'll give it the... Yeah, okay, okay. I tune to it while he does that. Yep. And technically, it's like a, over a short rest, which is like a half hour, but I'll allow it. Okay. So we're just taking a break now for them to do their thing? Correct. Okay. Mm. I will actually, while they're doing that, I see no need to uh, just sit around. So I kind of am pacing or mentally preparing. Uh, if Mason were to, to like, step away from the group at all, I would talk to him. I'll allow it. <laughs> In the background, here, X is like, I'm not a dodo bird. I'm not a dodo bird. I'm not a dodo bird. <laughs> you guys step away from the group and walk up onto a bit of a rocky ledge that overlooks a valley of stone. You can see various little uh, shapes that are kind of darting throughout the cliffside. None of them have glowing green eyes. They just seem to be native creatures to the elemental plane of Earth. It's actually kind of a beautiful sight. I uh I let out a, a deep sigh. You know, this actually reminds me of home. <laughs> I know nothing about your home, little one. I know. Now, Mason. <laughs> we got some beef. Okay? I'm just I'm just be straight there. I I I say you have beef, as they say. You know, you know, I, yes, that is reasonable. I do have beef because my people have been wronged and that, and one of those people who wronged my people was Gordon and you have affiliations with Gordon. And now I must say my reaction in the throne room was a buildup of being so far away from my uh, home. Not my home, like the mountain where I'm from, but my home as in, I, you know, there's a sun, there's night where, where I'm from. Anyway, all that being said, I, all of that built up in that explosion there, and I, I honestly don't know if it was warranted. And so before I continue with that beef, I need to know more about your relation with the heretic well, no, not the heretic. <laughs> With the transgressor, Gordon. The founders of my people are dead and gone a long time ago. They were men of flesh and bone. And now I, generations later, am a man of stone. I have no relation to these people. Nor should you. The past is the past, little one. Put it away. It does not serve you anymore. Only grief and pain and anger. You must channel it in a positive way. I sit here and say that very thing that I cannot do. But you, you can learn and be better than I. 
uh, I wipe the starting of a tear uh, on my on the eye that's opposite from the side that Mace is on. And I say, justice must be done for my people. Where does Gordon lie now? He's dead for all I know. Did he die here? As the legends say, all five of the original members died here, cursed. However, my people have made it home. I know you don't have one now, but we can at least get you back to your world. I'm sorry for what happened to you and your kin. Exiok is very touched by uh, the words of Mason, very uh, uh, strongly worded and very heartfelt. Uh, but Exiok has a hard heart. Mm. So he he takes those words and he no longer has this uh, animosity towards you, Mason. He sees you as a friend, but that doesn't necessarily change. This, this one moment has not changed his uh, life's mission. Mm. I'll put it simply. And so that's just a little insight um, to what I'm thinking, but I'll say, Mason, you're all right. I hope that we get through this all right. And that when we pass through to the other side, I can look back and know that you will be here and you will be standing firm on these uh, rocks that you call your home. <laughs> From one mountain man to another, I just, I nod. I grunt in response. <laughs> in understanding. Uh, and with that, I'll continue keeping watch on the ledge waiting for uh, the rest to come, and I, I'll, I'll be just silent. I finish my identify spell? Yeah. Uh, okay. You do. So I sent all of the things yep. over to you, and... So technically, each of these are going to take 10 minutes. And during that time, it's a full short rest for all of you, which means that Hirak, you are fully attuned to your thing. So Hirak, you got the Harp of Eris. Uh, Eris, who's the uh, former former advisor to Veritas, uh, his namesake. And this is a, a wondrous item that requires attunement by a creature with a score of charisma 15 or higher. It is a beautifully gilded heart that rings out powerfully, can be used as an arcane focus, arcane focus. When used in this way, it allows the user to add a plus two modifier to their spell attack bonus, as well as cast the spell Enthrall. The harp has three charges of it, and those all get restocked every day at dawn. So uh, that is that. You guys nice. also picked up Chunker. Chunker. Wait, is the, you said plus two modifier. What is... To attack, attack spell bonus. So your uh, spell attack goes up by two. So okay, so that's not three. the. Oh, okay, so that's not oh, like wait, the no, no, if no. they roll the save stuff. That's just if no, I do attack. It's just the spell spells. attack. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Uh, Chunker is yes. a weapon. Uh, <laughs> it is a magical pickaxe with the siege property. Chunker has a plus one to hit and deals 1d6 damage to creatures, but double the damage after modifiers are applied to structures. So it is most ideal for mining things quickly. Cool. So it does 1d6? So, 
Yeah. And if you do it against a structure, you roll the 1d6, add whatever modifiers you were going to add to it, and then double that number to get the full damage to the structure. Uh, and then I take the cloak, I put it around Exiac, and I tell him, now you have to hop on one leg while swooshing this behind you for 10 <laughs> minutes. Uh, I do so. <laughs> As I keep watch on the ledge, I'm just like, well, okay. I don't know much about magical items. So you do that, and at the end of the time that it takes to attune to this thing, you stop, and the cape keeps flowing out behind you. Nice. So this is a plus one to AC and to saving throws <gasps> when you're wearing this cloak. Ooh, no way. And yeah. What's it called so again? It's called the Billowing Cloak of Protection, and as a bonus action, you can make it billow dramatically in the wind. <laughs> okay. So, so it's just it's a meme flare, but it also gives me plus one AC. And plus one to all saving throws. And plus one yep. to saves. Mm. Okay. So there's all Whoa, your new toys. Every saving throw? Holy moly. Dude, my AC yep. going up by one like feels really good. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Hirak, as you are mumbling to yourself over and over again, uh, Minerva comes up to you and uh, puts her hand on your shoulder and says, y- you know, you don't have to do that, right? <laughs> To me? Yeah, but the, oh. the magic... No, to me. Oh. The, ma- the magic man said I... I'm not a do- Wait, do I have to start over? Is it 10 consecutive minutes or is it 10 collective minutes? <laughs> ten, 10 consecutive minutes. As long as you sit there and have some part of your being focused on it, that's all you need. Nice. Okay. Hi. Hirak, I've, yeah. we, haven't, we haven't gotten much of a chance to chat alone. Agreed. I, uh... You know, Nikki Mub was telling me about you, and it sounds like, you know, you know your stuff. And uh, he said that you might know a way or something. He was pretty vague about it, about, you know, helping me. And I kind of point to my wings, which are still, like, at weird, uncomfortable angles. Mm Mm-hmm. You see Minerva gives kind of a sad smile to you and she says, keep focusing on that, but take a walk with me. Will do. She leads you out away from the group a little bit. She is talking forward and says, Herak, I can heal you. Granted, I'll need some resources, namely diamond dust, but I can do it. However, dear, your wounds go deeper than your wings. You've lost some people recently, haven't you? Um. Yeah, I, ha- I did that. Who, who told you? It's all over your face, dear. Hmm, I guess so. Do you want to talk about it? I mean, not super, but I guess I should, right? Um. <laughs> I mean, you might have heard about our friend Nate. Me and Exioc's old traveling partner. Um, the last, you know, big adventure we had, we were in a deep in a dungeon, and there's a powerful necromancer, and um, I was, you know, charmed, and I shot the killing blow on him. Um, he was a really cool guy, and that was. You know, I, I, I never went out to, you know, hurt anyone or 
do anything like that, but that... I mean, I killed him, and it doesn't feel great. Um, and then also, you know, I mean, that didn't feel great, but I also only knew him for, what was it, like two days or something like that? I think it was like a, f a few days. I don't remember. A few days. <laughs> I say in character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, before that, um, my my uh, best friend from home, um, her name is Orish. She was really great. She was a good listener. Um, but unfortunately, you know, her family, uh, her clan, she was a dragonborn. They were, they were part of a dragon cult. Um, it's just outside my town, um, uh, the And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the cult was growing and getting bigger and we went in there together with a couple other people from my town to kind of talk about it and maybe put a stop to it and uh, kind of went south. And that's why my wings are like this. It was me and one other person who made it out alive and that was the only two people. Uh, I don't know what happened to her. I don't know if she's a cultist. I don't know if she's dead. I don't know if she's hiding. I don't know where she's at. Uh, but I do know I miss her a heck of a lot all the time and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I also have people to get home to as well I understand the urge Hirak I need you to listen to me mm -hmm. these people that you're traveling with they're not inherently good people they need you if no one is left to look after Lloyd, if that's even his name, who knows what he might be capable of. I've seen goodness within him, even if he can't see it himself. The way he rushed up to save all of you the other day, in spite of all the differences he and Mason were facing, was inspiring, to say the least. And Marcus needs a friend right now. Mm -hmm. You can be that for him. If what you say about your friends are true, and Osh that you have a purpose now to get home to them but also a purpose to these people who are around you I feel that if you give yourself the space to recover and stop blaming yourself for things that were outside of your control that you might actually find a bit of happiness I spent 50 years blaming myself for my own incompetence and not being able to get home and letting my curiosity get the best of me and getting myself trapped in this plane of existence and <laughs> all that ever does is wither yourself away you must only take responsibility for the things that you can do moving forward looking back does nothing except serve as a cautionary tale mm -hmm. now if we happen to run across some diamond dust while we're in there why don't you make a grab for it alright will do yeah <clears throat> I'll try to save a high level spell slot for you just in case <laughs> I'll but, try not to hold the hearthstone too close. <laughs> that'd be great. Be rather unfortunate. Knowing what we're up against, I might have to expend them earlier on, but see what we can do. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> All right, let's get back there. We've got a busy day ahead of us. Got it. So with that, we would all start walking on yep. the path. Yep. As you guys round a corner, 
you see in front of you immense and enormous, doubling the size of all the other mountains around here, is Mount Saizo. You see its peaks are crumbled and floating around it like a ring of debris that all around it there are turbulent chaos that uh, exudes primal elemental energy and you can just feel the air tingling with a sort of presence from just standing here as you guys are all standing here mason you feel a familiar feeling beneath your feet i need you guys <laughs> to all make a dexterity saving throw of course poop 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 <sighs> wait is it is it a earthquake or is it an element you gotta be you gotta be kidding me is it a one <laughs> Uh, it's a one plus one <laughs> plus nine. Okay. So that's or plus eight. So it's a nine. What? How's your saving throw so high? I have a high dexterity saving throw. And, he's oh, got a and, plus you have and I have a plus one. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. I'm like, mine's plus two, but it comes to a 14. <laughs> he's, a, he's a rogue with a special cape. Uh, I rolled a, four, a one. 14. I got a 21. There you go. Uh, and granted, I don't know where you guys are having the Hearthstone at during this whole time, too. So, uh, I would prefer, like, I would prefer not being in the floaty field, so I'd be walking ahead of it. Yeah, I would so, be walking to the side of it. I everybody that is with would be holding it. Yeah, everybody that's within the radius of it is not affected by this earthquake, and everyone else is. So, uh, oh. the. The DC to knock it knocked over here is 16. So if you failed that, then you are flat on your butt right now. I'm flat on my butt. I am flat on my face. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, Minerva actually made the save, so she stays standing and says, All right, well, we're here. Everybody, keep quiet. Let's try to get out of this alive, all right? Yeah. We should talk plan in more detail. <sighs> I don't think we can prepare much for what's in there other than what we already have. I mean, I think I, I think it should be said that the Hearthstone should be kept away from the Rift at all costs, or else we won't get home. Agreed. Agreed. So in, in the ensuing battle, we keep it away from the Rift, but towards the Elementals and towards Miro and Klee if we can. Maybe we'll need to do some passing of the Hearthstone. That uh, could be done. Uh, I've got a pretty a pretty all right arm, and, and it also think, carries itself through the air. And so. it'll carry itself through the air, <laughs> but you know, just just being able to catch it and whatnot. And then I think Mason, I think ultimately you'll be need to be the one with the Hearthstone at the end, so that when we go through, you can close, you can bring the Hearthstone close and close the rift <laughs> with his brother too. And that we should have backup when we get there, Nicky Mub and. Uh, Marcel. What's your brother's name, Mason? And Marcel. Does anybody have anything else to add? I definitely need to be outside of the zone. I'm fine being in the zone. Potentially. You know, I got some, some nifty things that could happen outside the zone, but I, uh, I'm not going to be too terribly nerfed with it, so. Yeah, I mean, I can fly with it, but I also got a lot of spells without it, so I I feel like I'm the middleman. I'm like, we'll keep you on the outside. But I don't want to go yeah. flying off into oblivion, so maybe I'll only take it once I get underground. Sounds good. Should we? I don't know if this would be a good idea or bad. We shouldn't tie each other. Like I think tie, that's bad. No, ourselves. Okay. 
Not this time. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to figure out if I, I'm also, scared of it floating yeah. away. but Also, I don't have a rope. What? Where'd you leave it? Uh, the first portal. Oh, oh yeah. that's right. <laughs> so, so our huge 150-foot rope is gone. I don't know if yeah. you guys had a smaller one or I something. Think, I think we each had 50-foot. I could Yeah, I think you guys tied them together at one point. Oh, did yep. we really? I think we found an extra long rope, though, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, I had a we had yeah, a hundred fifty foot rope at one point, like by itself. Yeah. I don't think we tied it. I'm not a kind of DM to limit you guys based on basic necessities. You can have a hundred foot rope if you want. <laughs> we have some sort of rope. Okay, but so, we're not gonna we're not gonna use it anyway. So true. Okay, I say. How would you guys like to proceed? Uh, silently, <laughs> walking. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna take the lead. Well, here's. Well, hold on. Here's something we can do. I don't know if we should do it, but it's at least worth talking about. I can make three people invisible, and there's there's five of us, right? Mm-hmm. And you saw, you know, Miro and Please saw two of you. Should I make all three? You know, me. Mason and Marcus invisible while you two are sitting there. I think that's a great move. Uh, does spells work like that? They they have the ability to see us without seeing us. Oh, that's right. They totally do. The only way we're sneaking up is if they don't see you and you're not touching the ground. Well, if only we had a way of you know floating up there. Mm-hmm. Jeez, that's. If Quite a conundrum. I, if only I had two immovable rods, and I could do some monkey bars. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be so funny. You just climb anywhere, the anywhere ladder. Oh man. Maybe we can find an item duplicate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, Maybe we can talk to we can talk to Marcus later. Maybe he can do it. I think uh, I think we go silently to the cave entrance, and then from there, I think. Uh, I, I take the lead again. I'll take the lead and uh, maybe Minerva could come too. We could scout ahead and you guys could be behind. Maybe they would think that it's only us two if we are caught. Should we... So, to I start, we leave should the we stone all, with you. Should we all float up there together? Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't think we should split up quite yet. Okay. But we need to uh, hug the crags here. So that we aren't straight up spotted as we walk up this big mountain face. Got it. So we'll. I think. I think that's a good idea, right? Just move move forward quietly. You said mountain face. Hey, uh, Eric, jot that down as a good insult. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I might use it. In, nice. I might use it in the near future against rock mm. monsters. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah. Do you, you guys think that that'd probably be fine to get there? Yeah, I think I'm probably helping people along, trying not to touch. I mean, like, there's probably a lot of curves in the road, so we can't like touch the road or the wall. But I think I'm gonna like push people in the right direction. So you're I'm, gonna you're gonna fly us there. I yeah. lock Toby into my backpack and then I hold on to a talon or something. <laughs> this is gonna, this is gonna look hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, I get. Very just, much so. Just a bad wait, wait. Can I have? Can I have one person on each limb? So it's like the Power Ranger. Uh, what's that big <laughs> Megazord? Megazord. <laughs> yeah. 
You guys oh, are man, all that's nerds. That's so funny. <laughs> well, I'm just imagining a little 411 bird carrying a big a bunch of just giant rock man. And, yeah. And, and uh, Marcus, and then this little guy. <laughs> oh, man. Lloyd, if that's even his real name. Absolutely. It looks absolutely ridiculous. And you guys gently make your way forward, getting closer. As you get towards the path that leads up into the hole where you and Minerva were just recently, Exioc, Mm -hmm. you see that now there are two giant earth elementals that are standing guard, and each of them have a trident in hand as they are posted on either side of this hole. You see that each of them have their glowing green eyes scanning out almost like on a timer scanning the horizon. And they each have a large red ruby emblazoned in their chests. Uh, I'm going to ask Marcus. Hey, Marcus, when Toby... Did Toby ever go outside the... Yeah, he, de- he definitely did. When Toby woke up outside the, you know, magicless sphere, did he... I don't know if you know this. Did he remember? Like, what was his... What, what happened there? Toby and I share a connection that he has the information that I have. So I don't know exactly what he doesn't know, but he knows of what is the what this orb does. Hmm. Well, I think... We need to sneak up on these guys and just get the uh, Hearthstone as close to them as possible. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I'm trying to figure out if we should, like, you know, beat them up while they're down or just walk by. And I think they would notice when they would wake up that they were knocked unconscious is my thought. Yeah, I I believe so as well. I think we'll have to cross that path when we get there. Well, it's it's gonna come, it's gonna come pretty soon. So we better literally right away. So yeah, it's right. We're at the path. So okay. Uh, so does does someone want to like throw oh! me or something? Like I sneak up there and you throw the Hearthstone to me or something? No, no, no. What we should do? Well, can we like come down from above and like pick them up like full on Batman like style? You know what I'm talking about? I know it's just like oh. soup down, like, pick them up, and then drop. Like, because I think if we beat them on the ground, then they're gonna like make a lot of noise. But I think if we, you know, abduct them from above and then beat them up inside the sphere and then set them back down. <laughs> <laughs> so that sounds incredible, and so I'm gonna allow it, even though the Whoa. law of inertia doesn't mean that that's entirely possible. <laughs> oh my gosh! If only there was like a. Uh, a gargoyle to like hang them by afterwards or something something from gotham that'd be funny yeah yeah, yeah. Right. uh so i i would think they wouldn't see us coming down from above so right and you guys are able to scale up to the mountain pretty easily especially with hirak having wings yay and so you guys uh scale the surface of the mountain going high above everything, making sure that you're not touching the rock except where you have to and making sure when you do that, it's way outside of the radius of their tremor sense. Mm -hmm. And as you guys are perched above, you look at each other, give a little nod and gently propel yourselves going straight down towards them, moving no more than five miles an hour. I pull out my two daggers. As soon as you guys enter into the radius of where they are standing 
you see they each crumble into a pile of rocks. <gasps> nice! Powerful. Do the rocks fall to the ground or they, they kind of float there in the they, air? They tumble into a heap on the ground. Well, I mean, they're, they're like floating in air, but like the earth elementals are not one cohesive body of rock. Yeah. They're a bunch of rocks that are put yeah. together. So it's really just like rocks that are now uh, suspended in limbo. All right. I grab the gems. Oh. All right. You got them. Uh, how big are they? Uh, about the size of your fist. Oh, good. I pu- I put them both in my backpack. All right. What are they? They're two red gems. Can I actually see one of those? Oh, here you go. Yeah, I just want to hold on to it. And also, did I ever give you back Chunker? No, I don't think so. Good. I'm going to hold on to that too. But it, yeah, it doesn't do much good for me. I can't swing. I can't swing for snot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna hold on to that. My, now, wait. I did hear that it does good against you know mining. I would say I'm the one who told you this. You did. <laughs> now, <laughs> I would say that mining could include mining elementals. Huh? Huh? I kind of raised my eyebrows. Looking at the camera like the office, talking uh, to the DM. Yeah, that's a that's a great thought. So someone who's really strong could really do some damage. And I, I kind of hint towards Mason. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> yeah, I just um, derailed that. <laughs> Should we just keep yeah, going in? We'll just keep going then, and not not touch anything. Uh, you see, as Minerva's heading in, she kind of takes the opportunity to kick some of the rocks like clear away from the like where they're floating right now. Mm-hmm. And as the rock tumbles outside of the sphere of influence, it just rolls down the hill and you see there's a little bit of a glow trying to return to the uh, boulder, but it's just kind of flickering and then goes out completely as it gets further away from the rest of the body. Nice. This is cool. So they don't reform. Not if they are disassembled bit by bit. Right. Okay. It's the, what happens if the gem gets outside the magic sphere? Is that like their brain or is that just a part of, who knows? We don't know. I'm kind of nervous I, about I that. I think that's what I think. That's what's going on in my head. But Brad, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't know. So I'm not even gonna try. All right, you guys head into the mountain. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Dungeon crawl. Right. Dungeon crawl. As you guys head into the mountain, the dominion of the Dao, Miro and Klee, you don't know what exactly waits ahead of you, but you know it ain't good. But I'm filled with determination. But you are filled with determination. (laughs) All right, that's the end of the episode. So we recorded this episode and the next one and the previous one kind of all back to back. So we're putting this outro here in in post. And that being said, there will not be an afterburner this week, but there will be next week. And it will cover both this episode and the next episode. So how do I listen to the afterburner, you might ask? Where can I find the afterburner? Well, that's a great question, Matt. Well, it's over on our Patreon at a discounted price. We adjusted our pricing because we launched a new Patreon-exclusive Discord server where we hang out, talk D&D, play some games. Uh, in fact, we're actually planning on playing some Among Us this next Saturday. So if you're a patron listen to this, let's make it happen. And if you just want to listen to the afterburners and the extra content, you can uh, go over to the Patreon. It's only $3 a month, and you can listen to our entire cachet of afterburners and the bonus content that we put up. But mm-hmm. for now, it's time to check in with our denizens of Yetzir to see what sort of things are happening. So we're trying a new format here. Let us know what you think about it. 
Here we go. Last time, the denizens were in the middle of a mayoral debate when it was promptly interrupted by a swolophant, a massive bulky elephant creature that is the definition of leg day. The swolophant brought Liz, the rogue elven princess, Angela, the strong silent turtle type, Dakota, the exotic herbal specialist with air quotes, and Chad, the Chad. Chad stepped up to the group and gave a suave smile and announced, Bros and brewettes, we come with like gifts dudes and dudettes. We're also performing group, so if you want to, like, help us pitch our tent, that will be chill, yo. Angelo untied a large bundle from the side of the Swallowfont and dropped it to the ground with a thud. The Destu Knights stared in disbelief, but Sophie, the former official Destu tour guide, private investigator, muck of the backwards walk, the debate moderator, <laughs> stepped forward and answered for the group. We're actually in the middle of something, so we're going to wrap that up first, if you don't mind. Wait, wasn't Sophie the one that you gave the Brooklyn? Oh, wait, wait, she's Brooklyn. That's yeah, right. she's the Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, what's a Brooklyn accent sound like? I don't know. Um, we did it last week. <laughs> we were actually in the middle of something. So we're going to wrap that up first, if you don't mind. <laughs> Perfect. Make the Manic Pixie flew to the front and stood on Sophie's head with her flashy orange boots. Actually, I've heard enough from the mayor of candidates. I'm ready to cast my vote. Who else was with me? The Destiny Knights looked at each other. No one offered an objection. Derek, the one-eyed lizard folk from nowhere, also stepped up and said, Yes, let's do it. It's voting time. <laughs> he lifted his eye patch and let out a loud, Whoop! <laughs> Very good. Casey, the wandering gypsy from Trashboro, stepped up and put on a pair of bifocals. All right, let's do this. If you don't want to cast your vote in person, you can mail it in your ballot. However, if you're afraid it might get there in time, you can use the ballot drop box. Hmm. The Destiny Knights all rushed to get their ballots cast and turned in. Joe the scrawny Goliath hadn't gotten his workout today, so he volunteered to get his reps in by reaching into the barrel over and over again to count the votes. Joe cleared his throat and read out the votes. Four for Tyra. Three for Keith. Tyra is the new mayor. We'll let you guys figure out who would have voted for who. <laughs> Tyra, the half-elven sorceress from elsewhere and mayor of the Destu Knights, was shocked by the news, but was quickly embraced by Taylor, who was ecstatic about the news. Taylor whispered in a low, drow voice. We're going to run this town and no one can stop us. I will send our trusted advisor and together we shall make this tribe the greatest in the Aragat has ever seen. Ha <laughs> ha. Sorry, that was funny. I don't know why I laughed just now. <laughs> Very strange. Tyra cleared her throat and spoke to everyone. Okay, well, my first directive as mayor is to host a party tonight for a new guest. Let's help them set up for their tent and let's talk trade deals. I will do my best as a worthy mayor, but I'm new at this stuff. Um, uh, Fagam default. <laughs> Out of her hand shot her dancing lights and the Dusty Knights scrambled to help. Keith, the former captain of the Dusty Fire Brigade, stood in solemn silence as the desert wind blew through his hair. Never before had he experienced such loss. His fingers started twitching. The old urges he had been suppressing were coming back. In a whisper, he muttered, I need to burn something. <laughs> no, and now he's Django Unchained. His hand slowly reached into his pocket for a pair of emergency fire-starting sticks he always kept with him. A hand fell on his shoulder. It was Noah, the desert paladin of charismatic swagger. It's all right, Keith. You were close. Besides, you can now focus on your true passions. Let's have fun tonight, and let's see what the new day brings us. 
Keith put the sticks down, but a fire still burned deep within him. <laughs> the Destu Knights worked quickly to get the tent set up. Taylor took charge of making sure the interior was up to snuff, you know, being an interior decorator and home renovator after all. So the group gathered under the tent as Liz stepped up dressed in a fancy blue-gray desert garb. You're all in for a treat tonight. Liz, the elven princess rogue, will be your MC tonight and will take you on a wild ride of thrills and chills. We are Chats Nomads, and we welcome you to our show. Angelo, Chad, and Dakota ran out from the sides of the tent and made a dope pose as the lights went out. A glowing yellow light shone on Dakota's face from a bioluminescent bonsai. In a gravelly voice, he said, Witness my small tree in all its glory. <laughs> he set the tree down, and everyone stared at it, thoroughly entertained. A shadow moved across the light as Angelo, the strong silent turtle type, was doing barrel rolls all around it. He stopped and posed on one hand and gave one word. Wait. <laughs> what? What was that? <laughs> I'm trying to give a turtle voice. What's turtle sound like? They're like real. Just do that one more time because that was amazing. Say that one more time. Wait. <laughs> Suddenly, a loud crash emanated from outside the tent. Oh, no. What could it be? Well, I'm a sucker for a good cliffhanger. So next week, we're going to figure out what happens in the tent. But for now, these are our wonderful patrons. Thanks again so much for supporting our show. Uh, in other news, we wanted to pay forward all the great support we've been getting for this show. There's another D&D podcast out there called Valiant Odyssey. They're an Australian group based mm -hmm. in the Down Under. Uh, they started <laughs> around the same time that we did this past spring in the middle of quarantine. And, you know, we've kind of come up together and we wanted to give them a shout out, a little cross promotion action. So you can check them mm -hmm. out wherever you listen to your podcast if you're interested for a little bit more D&D &D action. Uh, also, my little brother, Chris, just released his new album, which is pretty exciting. Uh, it's a couple days old. So if you guys want to listen to that, go ahead and check it out at chrishamilton.here now. It's H-E-A-R-N-O-W dot com. So chrishamilton dot here now dot com. Uh, with the way things have gone, I really want to put out an episode next week. So I'm saying it here. It's going to happen. All right. Matt, you got anything? I already said my line. It's okay. Do you want me to say it again, though? That's nah, all right. Once is enough. Okay. Unless you really want to. I won't stop you. You know, I just got itching for some Fagam to fold. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode. Thanks for sticking with the storyline. We will catch you next week on Fire and Dice. Bye.